Today we're continuing on in this series of what does Jesus change by looking at values. And over the last couple of weeks, we've been in the book of John, and today we're going to move to the book of Luke. And the book of Luke, a bit different. Like I've kind of said, Matthew, Mark, and Luke have a lot of similarities. John is very unique, often has different stories. But the book of Luke has its own set of kind of unique perspective on things. And one of the things that the book of Luke tries to engage us in is a conversation of understanding what it means to be a community, what it means to follow Jesus in our context, in the environment, the culture that we find ourselves in. That how is being a follower of Jesus, how is Jesus working wherever he is or wherever we find ourselves, whatever situation it may be. And we may notice today as we get into this particular set of stories, uh, it's a few stories into one, that on the surface they are healing. And they have a lot of mention of demons. And in the, the ancient world, demons, that term was used for anything that they couldn't explain. Anything unexplainable. And even in the first century, it didn't always necessarily mean something bad. In fact, the verses today actually make note that it's unclean demons. So it's something that they cannot explain that is causing suffering, pain, agony for the people. And so they would then go from that of if it's unexplainable, is it unexplainable good? Is this of God or is it unexplainable bad or evil? And that sense of evil comes from idolatry, that when we idolize something and it can be anything, anything, whether it's a belief, another person, an item, a material possession, that when we idolize something to the point that it, it becomes all-consuming, it then becomes evil. It can be detrimental. It can cause pain. It can do destructive things. That it can, it can go all the way to the atrocities that we see with genocide. And so we may, as we go through and as we read those passages, it can be easy to get caught up in this discussion of demons and of evil. But what we have to know is that that kind of is a, a different sermon. So for today, as we are focusing in on values, I really want us to pay much more a closer attention to exactly what Jesus is saying and what Jesus is doing instead of getting caught up in, okay, so demons are these unexplainable things for the ancient people. What does that mean today? But instead, what is Jesus trying to teach us with words and actions? What is Jesus changing about our values? So for today, we are going to start in Luke, the fourth chapter, verses 31 through 35. Jesus went down to the city of Capernaum in Galilee and taught the people each Sabbath. They were amazed by his teaching because he delivered his message with authority. A man in the synagogue had the spirit of an unclean demon. He screamed, hey, what do you have to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are. 
You are the Holy One from God. Silence, Jesus said. Speaking harshly to the demon, come out of him. The demon threw the man down before them, then came out of him without harming him. So immediately we actually get a sense of what Jesus values here. Right from the very first, Jesus went down to the city of Capernaum in Galilee and taught the people each Sabbath. He is going. He is making this journey. He's not jumping in his car. He is making this journey down to the city to be with a people in a synagogue each week, spending some time with them. He's being in their presence, and he's teaching them. So we see the value he has placed upon teaching, upon knowledge, upon being present. But then when he gets this guy that shows up, and maybe the people of the synagogue knew him, maybe not. But obviously there is something happening here, something unexplainable. And so Jesus has these words for him, right? After this, this is unclean, this, this person says, Hey, what have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? And Jesus is like, silence. Because what we see with what Jesus has to do with them, because that's actually a pretty good question. What do you have to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Jesus is like, I have healing for you. I have healing in this situation. I value being present in the ways that I can. I value my response to you. I value healing for this person of what can be done. And so to begin to think about that, about what do we value? What are the things that we think, yes, this is a value, not what we want to value, but what do we actually value and how do we even know that and it's kind of interesting because if we will take the time to look at how we spend time how we use our resources and how we focus our energy we will become very aware of what we value because our values are what build our life our values are what guides us our values are what gives us the foundation for our responses. Not just how we live, but how we live with one another, how we respond to each other. And so to begin to think about that, of what are the values that we have? What are the values that we need to have? What are the values that we want? How do we begin to get that? But first, we must look at what we do value. And it's kind of like this, right? We live in a culture where we value money, we value success, we value power, we value that, that sense of it's always got to be fun, we value sports, we value Right? There's all kinds of things that we value. Now, if we say, but what should we as a culture value? Right? Well, we should value kindness. We should value respect. We should value sharing. We should value peace. We should value, right? 
So there are the things that we actually do value, that our actions are where we spend our resources, use our resources, where we focus our energy. And there are the things that we want or we're like, oh, maybe we need to begin to do that. Maybe we need to have a particular value. And so here, Jesus' interaction with the man actually brings this converse into conversation, actually begins to challenge us in how. And, and Jesus, right, he's going to live into this value. He tells this unclean demon spirit, this thing that is unexplainable, be, be silent, and he heals the guy because Jesus values healing. Jesus values helping. Jesus values the presence of this guy, whether he is known to others or not. Continuing on in verses 36 through 37, they were all shaken and said to each other, what kind of word is this? That he can command unclean spirits with authority and power and they leave. Reports about him spread everywhere in the surrounding region. So here, right, here what Jesus values, being that presence, helping, healing, begins to go forth. That his values aren't just being kept to himself. It doesn't really matter what Jesus values. Sometimes we think what I value as an individual really doesn't matter. But here we see, no, 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 it actually does because it can spread out. It goes forth. People begin to know what is it that you value? What is it that you really value in life? What is it that we today really value? And to understand that it begins to impact people in ways maybe we never even thought possible. That the values that we live by begin to be felt by other people, whether we know them well or not. We often see this in terms of, I often see it in terms of uh, during a funeral or a memorial service where the word is that this person was amazing, that they were generous and they were kind, that their very presence, they tried to be loving and accepting of others. That value that they had permeates. It permeates out relationships, whether they are well, close, relationships or a casual acquaintance that it begins to go out the word begins to spread continuing on in verses 38 through 39 after leaving the synagogue Jesus went home with Simon Simon's mother-in-law was sick with a high fever and the family asked Jesus to help her he bent over her and spoke harshly to the fever and it left her she got up at once and served them so a second healing story, right? Except this time, this time it's Simon, who's known also as Peter, the apostle. And here, Jesus is invited home. So we find out something else about Jesus' values. Jesus values the hospitality of others, not just giving hospitality, but also receiving it. Jesus values friendship with Simon, values friendship with Simon Peter and those around him. And so Jesus goes, the mother-in-law is sick. Jesus is, of course, asked to heal. 
because they value his ability, they value his time, they value his very presence. And so Jesus does his thing. He speaks harshly to the fever. The fever is gone. And then this weird verse, right? This verse that maybe when I read it, you even rolled your eyes or went, Psh. she got up at once and served them. And there's the part of me that immediately reads that and is like, yo, Peter, dude, Simon Peter, can you not get up and, and serve everybody? Can you not help out just one evening? Like, she was sick. She might have died, especially in the ancient world when a fever could easily turn into death, where you're like, Simon Peter, get up and do something. Help out. She has been sick, and now she has to serve you. Or we could interpret it as we know those people, right, who never sit down and will never let anybody help them. Like, if we went into their kitchen, we would be paying something mighty for that. Right? We're like, okay, back out. Ooh, I will not help because you are too intense. You do not want it. We could interpret it either way. Or we could see this as that the transformation, the transformation is so powerful. The value, the values that Jesus have had and have, that those are so powerful, so transformational that we see it in she got up. Like she got up and served them like nothing had ever been wrong. Like she was, it, it was a totally, it was night and day, right? It was totally unexpected. The impossible became the possible. And that the value here gets transferred, right? Because our values begin to impact others. So this value of healing, of being present, and we see the transformation to the point that she is able to get up and serve, that she is able to move forward with her life, that she is able to do things that people were like, no, nope, can't happen, nope, this is probably, nope. The transformation, valuing transformation, that transformation is possible when it gets connected back to Jesus. And we've talked a little bit about transformation, especially over the last couple of weeks, but to see it here as being part of that value, of being a value that it is possible to have transformation, but also to see the result of other values being able to transform us, of taking it up, of going, wow, I've been impacted by this experience. I've been impacted by this teaching of Jesus, by what Jesus has to say, by this love, by this compassion, by this very being presence, that it moves a person to a new place, a new understanding of life, a new possibility. Continuing on in verses 40 through 41. When the sun was setting, everyone brought to Jesus relatives and acquaintances with all kinds of diseases. Placing his hands on each of them, he healed them. Demons also came out of many people. They screamed, you are God's son. But he spoke harshly to them and wouldn't allow them to speak because they recognized that he was the Christ. All right, so several things in here about 
not only what Jesus values, but we begin to see also the values of others when they begin to experience Jesus. So this very first one, when the sun was setting, nightfall, Night is coming, and we're not talking about the, the world that we live in, right? Where as the, the sky gets dark, as the sun goes down, all of our lights start coming on. And we probably go inside most evenings, and we turn on our TV, we're playing on our phones, right? There's something to keep us busy. But here in the ancient world, right, we've got them where its sun is setting. They have, it has been a day. They have had to walk wherever it is. And now the light is going out to be able to see the road, to be able to get home easily. And yet, everyone brought to Jesus relatives and acquaintances with all kinds of diseases that experiencing Jesus is so powerful, is so amazing, that it's not just, hey, I'm bringing my favorite people because I want you to experience this healing presence. I want you to experience this love. I want you to experience this teaching. I want you to experience this transformation. But they are picking up people. They're like, well, I kind of know you. I saw you down, walking down the road. Come on with me. There is so much excitement here. There's so much excitement for being in the presence of someone who is healing, who values life, who values life with one another, who values being that healing presence. It's so powerful that we could think of it today as being more exciting, and you want to bring everyone with you, it's more exciting than the Chick-fil-A opening on top of the hill. It's more exciting than the new restaurant, Mom's Spaghetti, opening in downtown Detroit and lines down the street. It's more exciting than if, and this is an if, if the Lions actually won the Super Bowl. It's more exciting than that because the values are so powerful. The values that undergird Jesus' entire life, the way he interacts with them, the way he brings and invites people to be part of it is so powerful, so exciting that they're bringing everybody. And then another question happens. Of why does it say this? Demons also came out of many people. They screamed, you are God's son but he spoke harshly to them and wouldn't allow them to speak because they recognized that he was the Christ. It's this sense of pain, violence, struggle, even to the point of evil is not going to give Jesus credibility. That The way Jesus lives, the values that Jesus has, the values that he is sharing with others, that they are not made credible by these what are called demons. That pain is not going to make him credible. Think about it today. Think about it in terms of, okay, so somebody has applied to be a bank president, right? A bank president, and they give one of their references as a notorious mobster who is notorious for corruption, who is notorious for laundering money. And mobster gives great and honest, could even give it honest. Like, no, 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 this guy, 
totally honest. He, he's on the up and up. He won't take my money. He won't let me launder through your bank. Right? You still wouldn't want your name attached to that. That is not where you want your credibility to come from. And so Jesus here is giving us a sense of what makes our values credible. What are we building our values upon? What are we focusing our values on? Where do they come from? And here, Jesus is making a stance. His values come from God. His values come from God and are focused upon God's presence being in the world, that God's love is in every facet of our lives, that God is a healing presence, that is where the credibility for Jesus' values comes from. It's not like, well, I mean, I have a value because that's what the culture says to have. That's what somebody famous said to have. That's what... I like, or it makes me feel comfortable, or it makes me feel good. Like it actually begins to question us, it begins to help us dig into what makes our values credible and are our values somehow connected to God, or is it something else? Is my value, or any value that we have in life, how are they credible? How are they substantiated? What are, who, what are they connected to? And so here Jesus is inviting us into that question with his own response. Because he's like, wait a minute. I don't want credibility from pain, from struggle, from destruction, from things that take life. My values, the way that I live, comes from health and thriving and life-giving and love and a God whose healing presence is bringing us into new realities, not destroying our lives. Finishing up in verses 42 through 44. When daybreak arrived, Jesus went to a deserted place. The crowds were looking for him. When they found him, they tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said to them, I must preach the good news of God's kingdom in other cities too, for this is why I was sent. So he continued preaching in the Judean synagogues. Almost immediately, we get yet another set of values that Jesus has. When daybreak arrived... All right, he's been healing all night. Like, he's been helping. Like, all these people kept showing up, kept showing up, and he is like, I need to be present with the people. I need to take care of. Jesus went to a deserted place. So he values his work. He values his interaction with people, but he also values silence and quiet time. Even Jesus got a little time off. Even Jesus took a little time for himself to recharge, to rejuvenate. And so... We get this sense that he is able then to respond differently because of the values that he has. Yes, he has the value to be present. He has the value in his work. He takes it very seriously, but he also has this value of being quiet for a minute. Now, the crowds still find him, and they're like, no, 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 we got more for you to do. And he shows us yet another value 
the value of a boundary. When he says, yes, I have been with you, we have done some great work, but my message, my work includes far more people, goes far beyond this place. And so he's like, I got to go do this over here right now. And so what we get here now is a sense that all these different values we've run through, all these different aspects that we have seen of his values and how Jesus is living them out. He's not just talking about them, he's living them. Now we get a sense of how they actually can come together. That they aren't, his values aren't fighting, aren't pushing, aren't pulling against one another, but they are working together because they are focused upon a God's who a God whose love permeates every facet of our lives, is present with all of us. And so Jesus here is able to say, I got to go, I got to go do this. Not a conflict in his values. No, but instead a harmonizing. All the different aspects that we need to be able to build a life, a life that is thriving, a life that is connected. And so to begin to think about what are the things, what are our values that we spend so much time and resources and energy on? What are, what are the ones that we need to keep? What are the ones that we need to gain? What are the ones we need to say, Phew, adios, gone, need to go right now? And how are they all working together? How are our values connected to God's love that is in every facet of our lives? How are we beginning to live that out? How do we notice that? Because it's an everyday kind of decision. Every day that we wake up, it's an every kind of decision, and it isn't an easy one. And it isn't one that is to be taken lightly, but here it is a challenging one of having us dig into what does Jesus really change? Jesus makes us take a strong look at our values and how we are living them. How our words and our actions are related to one another. How maybe we struggle with it. Jesus here is trying to give us guidance because Jesus is all about, right, as we're looking through his life, Jesus has these values of trying to bring us to new realities, trying to transform us, trying to say, this is bigger than the Lions winning the Super Bowl. This is moving the impossible to the possible in ways that we could have never expected. Because sometimes we want to be transformed, but it's in the way we want it, and it's because we don't like the circumstance that we're in. And so here, Jesus is like, hold up. What are the values that you are building your life upon every single day? Because it impacts every word, every decision, every interaction. It impacts how we go forward. And no, we are not going to be perfect at it. No, we are going to go, ooh, shouldn't have done that. And Jesus keeps on calling to us. Keeps on saying, nope, still a healing presence. Still love you. Still calling to you saying, hey, transformation. Our challenge today, as we're looking at this story, is to really begin to wrestle with what are the values that we have? What are the values we need to have? How are we focusing upon those values? What are we allowing to give those values legitimacy? What are we allowing those values to give credibility? 
How are they connected to a God whose presence never leaves us, whose love is at every turn in every aspect of our lives? What are the values we need? Amen. Thank you.